0: Oh, goodness. Well, I, I ta- I've taken some time, and I've l- looked ahead a little bit. I usually don't do a lot of preliminary sermon planning, because if you do all the sermon planning preliminarily, what do you do while they're singing the final s- special music? That was a joke, but I didn't, <laughs> didn't tell it very good. But this year I planned, I looked ahead, and I've been dealing with a question. And I ask myself this question, which I think, I feel like, I believe that we are moving into the last days. I really do. You, we may not be. I don't. I'm not a prophet. I, you know, I get about as much stuff wrong as I get right. But it looks like there's a lot of bad stuff happening that we could be moving into the last days. So I ask myself a question: If that's the case, if this, if we are getting close to the end then what do I need to be preaching to the people that are going to be living through this? What do I need to tell them? What does the Bible have to say? So I ask myself that question, and we'll try to answer that for the next six months or so as in my sermon planning. Lord willing, of course, every, you know, we, we follow the Lord. If He takes us down a rabbit track, we go down a rabbit trail. So whatever He does, where He leads, we, we follow. We have... Um, so, I'm going to try to ask, answer the question, what have we forgotten? Now, I was raised in a totally different time than this. I am, I am not of this age, uh, and I apologize. I found out recently that the, uh, the church usually is within ten years of age of the pastor, the the median of the to the large attendance of the church is somewhere usually around within ten years of the age of the pastor. And I apologize for you young people because I'm getting kind of long in the tooth, you know. And and if you and, and so I realize that. But I'm of a different age. I'm not of this world anymore. I I don't fit in anymore. Uh, but I do fit in with the Word of God. I have it as my standard as my the thing I measure my life against and my preaching against. So today I've been looking at that, and I realize that we have been under a coordinated attack. Truth has been. Has been under a coordinated attack for thousands of years. Ever since the Garden of Eden, we have been under an attack, even before that. Truth has been under attack. The the devil, the Lucifer, has been trying to change truth and, and get us to deceived. We're living in a time of deception. Jesus talked about that and warned us a lot about it. So what have we forgotten? If we were able to think like Adam, the original Adam, before the fall, when he was perfect, when he was uh, in his idealized life, when he was doing what God put him here to do without imperfection, if we could be like that and then look back from this point, we say, well, what have we forgotten through all those years? What's changed? And so I want to try to answer that question today from the Bible, not from current uh, theology or philosophy or anything, but from the Word of God. And I hope that will bless you today. When I preach this sermon, it may not be socially, culturally acceptable. It may rub you along the wrong way. It may, you may not like it, you know, and for that I apologize. I'm not here to make you angry. I, I want to I lift you up and, and let you look into God's Word. Because the Bible is a stumbling block for those who don't believe it or believe it's a lie. If you've believed the big lie, then the Bible is a stumbling stone, it will trip you up, and uh, that it will do it with, with consistency but when you know the truth, the truth will set you free, as it says in the Bible. Today I'll be preaching out of Genesis, the chapter 1. We're going to start at the beginning today. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 26. Verse uh, The first 25 verses of Genesis 1 would take the rest of my life to to cover in any kind of detail. So to answer this question of, of what have we forgotten, I'm going to start by dealing with the issue of who we are. Who we are. I think if you know who you are, it will set you up to better handle the changes that are coming, the difficulties ahead. And if these are the last days, which I think they are, and if, if, I, if you know who you are, it's going to help you order your life, put things together, plan, prepare, etc. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We're reading here in Genesis... The writings of Moses under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Moses wrote the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And he wrote those to to give us all kinds of original, primordial information. And it's the story of creation. The sad part about it is, it doesn't tell me everything I want to know. Because the Bible is not a science book. Now, I wish it were more scientific. Uh, I tend to be uh, that little bit of left brain in that regard. I I tend to think uh, scientifically, and I'm interested in that. But the Bible is not so interested in science as it is in something else. And that other thing is redemption history. Genesis is about the redemption story. The whole Bible is the story of redemption. And Genesis is just going to tell us how it all gets kicked off, how it starts, and why Jesus had to come, why he had to die on a cross. It tells us the reason for it all, why it had to happen, because it's a story of redemption. I wish it would tell us more about the physics of creation and the chronologies of, of and the age of creation. I wish it would tell us more about that. Silent. It just simply doesn't talk about it. Now, I happen to also be aware, as you are, that deception, which Jesus warned us about, is so subtle that it will replace truth without you even knowing it's been replaced. You will be believing things, living on things, acting on things that you believe, you've accepted as truth, but they're no longer, they've never been truth, but they've been gradually brought into life, into thinking, into acting, etc., been dragging just a little by little, and it has has deceived us. So let's go back to the original sources. Let's go back to the Word of God and begin to ask the question: What we have we forgotten? There's some things we've got to remember. And today, you've got to remember who you are. Now, let me t- caution you: If I were sitting in a in a service like this, and the preacher said, "Today we're going to talk about who you are," my mind would go. I'd turn it off, and I'd be thinking, well, let's see, tomorrow I've got to do this, and then Tuesday I'm going to go there. We're going to have this for lunch today. That would be great. Can't I wait for that? And then the football game tonight, you know, and, uh, and I'll be all, you well, know, what do he say? I want you not to do that, will you, for just a minute? I promise you, even though this seems like well-worn road, and we've been down this many, many times, you think, I want you to tune in today with a new mind, open mind, fresh thoughts, Because you are part of God's family, but I don't think you fully comprehend what that means. And today I hope to just pull the curtain back just a little so that you can see that. So if you're ready, and you will stay with me and not think ahead that that's going to be something I've always heard all my life. If you'll promise, if you'll wait wait for me, I think God will bless you. Let's read chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image in our likeness. Now, you know I've taught you through the years that every word in the Word of God is important. And so, every one of them, you need to ask the question. And I always read it, and when I find something that trips me up or something that confuses me, I go back there and ask that question. So, I looked at this, and I said, then God said, let us… Who's He talking to? Who's God talking to? He says, let us make man in our image. Okay, well, as I was a kid growing up in Bible school, Sunday school, uh, in a preacher's home, going to church every time, you know, the door was open, um, I had a drug problem. They drug me to church all the time. Uh, so I would hear this story, and I thought they'd always tell me, well, God's, that's the Holy, that's the Trinity talking to the Trinity. God the Father's talking to the Son, the Son's, to the Holy Spirit. I thought, I always, I always thought, that's dumb. God doesn't need to talk to God. God knows what God's going to say before God says it to God. So God doesn't need to talk to God. So who's He talking to? Let us make man in our image. Okay, so I want to look today and help you understand who He's talking to and what that means. First of all, when God wants to do something, when He wants to make something, create something, change something, who does He... Get to do it. Well, you say, well, God does it himself. Well, he could. He could do that. God could do anything he wants, anytime he wants, but he doesn't usually choose to do that. He creates through his family. He allows his family to accomplish his will. He, as I said, he could do it, but he wants his kids in the game. I'm the same way. When I was raising my children, my grandchildren. I I can do everything for them, or I can let them do it and help them and watch them and learn and see God wants his family in the game. Now, hold on to that. It's going to take a little while for me to unpack this. It's a little complicated. See, when when we are God's family human, we're human beings. And we have been given dominion over the earth. The earth is ours. Adam got the earth; that was his. That was his inheritance. Uh, we have, and we're God's family on the earth. We're His sons. We're His, but we have elder brothers that have other dominions. Okay, here preacher's going weird now. Okay, and I've you have been calling them angels all your life, but I've been trying to teach you stop calling them angels. Angels is not what they are, it's what they do. It's a job description. It's a messenger, angelas in Greek, and the other, they're messengers. They are something else, they're creations. And I have recently come across the concept of calling them our older brothers, the elder brothers, because they are just like us. They're not white little figurines floating around on clouds with halos playing harps. You see, you mean angels are like human beings? Yes, in every way, except their domain domain is spiritual domain. Our domain is earth. Adam's children have been given the earth. We'll see in the Bible it says, be careful to not be nice to strangers, because by failing to be nice... To treat, You have sometimes been in the company of an angel and didn't know it. Bible says that clear as a bell. And that's because they look just like you, and they look just like me. In fact, I've told you, they may be some here in the room today. Now, some of you I know for sure aren't angels, because I've been around you. But there there could be, see, because they're just like us. They're our older brothers. They're created first, before we were. Okay, now uh, you're beginning to... Stay with me, I'm going to... I'm going to start to paint this picture. So, we must never forget that, that we have an older brother race, the elder race in heaven. Who do you think the elders are that are around the throne of God in the book of Revelation? Hmm. Ah, it's our older brothers. Okay? And then, so we are the, the young race, but we, we can't forget, we're the family of God on earth, Adam's children, and God has children in heaven. The, the elder, our elder brothers. And we're made for a reason. We're made for a purpose. Read, keep reading, will you, with me in the Bible? So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. We have a purpose. We were created to have dominion over planet Earth. That is our job description. That's our dominion, our purpose. We're put here, Adam's sons, we're here to be wardens over the, the life on the earth. We're here to take care of the environment and to be involved in that. You see, environmental issues, we've, the church has given up environmental issues and given over to social activists and environmentalists. It should have been ours all the time. The church should be leading in all these phases of life and not just letting somebody else do it. That's our responsibility, to take care of this planet. Because God loves life. He loves everything on this earth that He made. Living things matter to God, and it should matter to us as well. Now, what abilities did God put in us? I'm be, I'm going to st- this is, I hope this is coming clear for you now. What abilities did God put in us? Now, if you'll remember, I said earlier that God wants His family to participate with Him in creation. And so he said, Let us make man in our own image. He was talking to his family in heaven. And it was those, that family in heaven, that helped him create the earth and helped this. And now he, I'm going to show you what he's going to do for human beings, Adam's children. He wants us to cooperate with him in another thing taking care of the earth. To have dominion over it. But there's one more. There's many more, but there's just the next one is reproduction. God wants us to participate with him in creating new human life see that's when god wants another angel in heaven he just makes one poof poof he can make all the angels he wants all right when he wants another human being what does he do he turns to his adam's kids said make me some more kids we participate with god in the creation of more people all right So, let's read verse 27. So, God created mankind in His own image. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. In the image of God, He created them male and female. He created them. Well, God, why did you need two? Why didn't you just need one? Adam, you turned Adam into two. Why'd you do that, God? You you know, we're going to talk about in a minute where Adam had his rib removed and they made a woman. You know, that story. So, God, why didn't you just... Why did you need two? Well, God says... I need you to help me have dominion over the earth, to fill the earth, and to subdue it. I need you to help. And so then I'm going to let you, Adam's kids, participate in reproduction so that we'll fill the earth and do that. In the book of Enoch, the book of Peter, Jude, uh, Daniel, uh, Moses, others, tell us about a class of our older brothers in heaven called Watchers. Uh, You've probably heard about him in the Bible. These, some of these watchers, uh, they were elder brothers, and they got to watching humanity on the earth. They knew that Adam had dominion over the planet. They knew that was his job. And they got um, jealous of the fact that we could cooperate with God in reproduction, and we could create more human beings. And these angels said, we, we want to do that too. We want to have families. So they left their first estate, Jude says. And Peter talks about how they left their their first dominion, and they wanted to have our dominion. So they came here, reproduced uh, with human women to create their own families. Sounds like science fiction, I know. Uh, But it's biblical. Uh, And so they did that. And they tried to take over the the dominion of Adam. That, my dear friends, is the great struggle of the centuries and of the world and of history. Is who's going to rule planet Earth. Revelation 5 talks about the Lamb that went to the throne, took the, the scroll from the hand of Him who sits on the throne. That's what that's all about. Who's going to have dominion over planet Earth? And our older brother Jesus took the scroll and gave it back to his, to his children, his, his Adam's kids. Hallelujah. So we work we work cooperate with God in repopulation. Let's, let's do verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Now, I kind of like to go fishing once in a while. And the next time I go fishing, I'm going to read this text to the fish. I'm going to say, you guys need to know, I have been given dominion over you. <laughs> so I know this. Adam, before Adam sold his birthright, Adam sold it by be eating, by disobeying God and eating the fruit. Before he did that, he had the ability to accomplish all that God put him here to do. And in Christ... Because of the resurrection and our new birth, we, through the Holy Spirit, have the power to accomplish everything we've been put here to do as Adam's sons. Be fruitful, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the creatures. Creatures, We can do all that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Verse 29, then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food." and all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has a breath of life in it, I give every green plant for your food. And it was so. Okay? Adam and the original creation were vegetarian. Okay? They didn't eat any meat. Later, meat was allowed and added to the diet of mankind and and other, other other. Animals, but originally in the early creation was vegetarian, and that's why. I hope that doesn't come back. I'll tell you, I am not. I am. (laughs) I'm definitely not a vegetarian. But uh, anyway, let's let's leave that and move on. Let's talk about your sin, not mine. Now you're going to get to. You're going to accomplish everything God. Has given you to do. You will do. You will be able to do that as a, as a son of Adam, with the help of the Holy Spirit. If, if you you because we're part of the resurrection, we're part of the born again nature. We are when, by being born again. We are connecting back to the original Adam through the second Adam Jesus. But that's kind of complicated theology. But we're we're reaching back and becoming what God put us here to be all along. Now. So, you're going to get to do all you need to do if you let the Lord help you. So, how then are we messing up today? How is this world making such a horrible mess of things? Well, I'm going to read a verse 31, and I'm going to stop in the middle of the verse, and I want you to finish it for me. You may even be able to do this without your Bibles. Oh, here it goes. God saw all that He had made, and it was good, very good. Anybody else have a translation different? perfect. Okay. So, when God looked at what He had done, He stood back and He said, hmm, that's pretty good. In fact, that's very good, right? So, could we say that's perfect? Would that be, would that be a good translation? That's fair enough, right? God said, that's perfect. Okay, let me ask you another logical question. What can you do with perfection when you try to improve it? yeah yeah it you don't get better. it gets worse see if perfection is perfection, then anything you do to it is becomes less because it's already there at the top. The only way d- down is down, right, okay. you can mix the colors. I love red colors, especially when the chiefs are going to be playing tonight. I love red, don't you? I've got a wall in my man cave painted red. I'm not going to tell you what team I'm for, but you know, you can figure that out. But you can't make red redder by putting more red in it. Uh, you can't make yellow more yellow by putting yellow in it. Green, green, blue, blue. It's, they're perfect already. When you go to mix them together, what do you get? Brown. Everything turns to brown when you mix it. So it's, the colors are already, colors of the rainbow, the the prism primary colors, they're already Maxed out. They're as pretty as they're going to get. You can't make them prettier. So, here we are, and now today, mankind, we are beginning to manipulate, play with, tweak the genetic nature of things, even humans. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was the days of Noah like? Genetic nature explosion genetic mixing changing of this to that and we're about to move back to that as fast as can possibly go there's a little tool you can order on the internet it's it's when i say tool use your imagination it's more it's more or less than a tool but it's called crispr9 and it is a you have the ability it's like a, a scissors it's like a physical not physical but, but physics that you can use this thing called CRISPR-9 and you can alter genetics of something. If you want to change your flowers, you can get down to the... If you an atomic and a microscope that can get down to that level, you can literally change the genetics of a flower or a mouse or a cat or a dog or a human, anything. It's available on the Internet for less than $1,000. We're living in a day when the tweaking of genetics is not just possible. It's exploding. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we have to be very, very cautious and very careful about anything that messes with perfection. Not that humans are perfect. Oh, no. We're a long way from perfect. But we have we have devolved and not evolved. Okay. So there was evening and morning, and that was the sixth day. We need to understand that Adam Adam was a sixth-day creation. What does that mean? It means he wasn't a fifth-day creation or a fourth day or a third day, a second day or a first day. He was a later addition. He came on last. He's a last-day creation. So you, as a, children, a child of Adam, we think, well, I hear people sometimes say, well, mankind evolved over millions of years. We start out as this, then we evolved into this, and we've evolved into that. Quite honestly, mankind is a brand new, unique creation that was put on the earth. Who knows, six thousand to a uh, to five hundred thousand or fifty thousand years ago? We're not sure, but somewhere Adam was when he was on the earth. We're a brand new creation. We're new. We're young. You see, the earth the cosmologists. Tell us that the universe is 14.5 billion years old, and they tell us that the Earth is 4. Point something year, billion years old. And if that's the case, that's a long way back there. And man was created on the sixth day, so way late in history we came on the scene. I tell people we're the last, we're the last kids on the block, we're the new kids on the block, and God made us for the earth, not with the earth, but for the earth. See, a lot of uh, unbelievers believe we're made with the earth. We just evolved as the earth evolved. We pl- plotted along to this. No, God didn't make us with the earth. He made us for the earth. He gave us a purpose. He put us here. And what's our purpose? To dominate the earth, to fill it, reproduction, to take care of the earth. You know, you get the point. There was morning, there was evening in the morning in the sixth day, we are not the center of creation. This is probably going to be the hardest thing for you to swallow of anything I say today. Because all your life, you have been, you have believed that everything was created for man. That human beings are the center of God's, we're the apple of God's eye. We're the only thing God's got going is Adam's children. And it couldn't be more of an untruth. We are not the center of the universe. God has got a whole lot more going in this universe than us. But thank God He lets us come along. He ca- He created us six days ago, or, you know, a few thousand years ago. Created us, put us on the planet, gave us a reason for being here. Let us cooperate with Him in pre- reproduction and all that. But we're not the center of everything. God's got more going. We've got older brothers. We've got uh, other humans, etc., And there's other things we don't even know about. If I had a lot of time, I'd dig into that, but we don't have time today. So, man is here because Jesus wanted us to be here. Who is the center of creation? It's Jesus. It was made by Him, and it was made for Him. We are an ancillary part of that. We fit in to God's plan. We are sons of God. We're Adam's children. All oh, that's wonderful. But God's got a whole lot more going. Now, you say, why are you telling us all this? Because that's going to matter tremendously as we move forward into the deception that's coming. Because you're going to be told things that will blow your mind as the deception unfolds. As, as they're going to say, aliens came and cre- worked with an ape and changed the genetics and then turned us into human beings and and all kinds of lies, deceptions that you're going to have to deal with. Maybe not you so much, but your kids will. And you need to be able to say, no, we're a unique creation. We're, God made us uniquely. We're Adam's children. we just a few thousand years ago. We came on the scene. We didn't evolve. We're a new thing, and we're here for a purpose. I want you to keep that in your mind. So God loves the human race. He loves children, people. He loves human beings. He became one so He could redeem us and bring us back to our original state. God made a human race. And then He gave us a day off so we wouldn't have to race all the time. Then nobody gets that. That's the third time I've told that and nobody I thought that was hilarious. I fell out of my chair when I thought about that. <laughs> and I keep telling it and nobody gets it, and I'm so sorry. I've got to work on joke telling. My children say, Dad, don't tell jokes. So to my children I say, Mind your own business. Verse Genesis chapter two, thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on the on it he rested from all the work he of creating that he had done. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground from breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, man became a living being et cetera et etc etc verse fifteen. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it, etc. You get, you get the point. Okay. So, God made us. He put us here for a reason. And He gave us a day off. He, he gave us a day off. One every seven days. one every Well, six days. Day. We get to take a day off. You know, of all the things human beings are good at, that ain't it. We're not good at taking a day off. In fact, he made a day and called it holy, called a Sabbath day. How many of you practice Sabbath day? I bet you it's not a one of you. Not many. Not many in here practice the Sabbath day. It's not Sunday. It's Saturday. And Saturday is to be a day of spent just with the family. Jewish people just spend the day with their family. They play games. They eat. They, you know, whatever they do, they just to celebrate their time. They take a day off. And human beings, most Gentiles like us, we don't take a day off that God knew we wouldn't need. It's okay. I'm saying, it's okay to take a day off. It's okay. As it scares people to death. Oh, what would I do with it? I don't know. I'm so nervous. How would I? It's your problem. Figure it out. Okay, so we're made from the, from the earth. We're made from the earth physically. And we're made from, in God's breath, spiritually. So we're a duly formed creature. We're two parts: flesh, spirit. Temporary, eternal. However you want to define that. Uh, we're not just intelligent animals. We've been, as I said, we have all of that. We're self-aware. We know we're we know we're here. We know who we are. We know what we are, unless, of course, you've got Alzheimer's or something like that. You you don't know, but but we know who we are. We are, we know there's a higher power. Have you ever ever know anybody that says they're an atheist? They're lying to you. There are they think they may be an atheist. Well, I guarantee you there is no such thing as a human atheist, because it has been built in to human nature to to be aware of a higher power. I mean, they they may have lied to themselves for so long or whatever, but there is no such thing as an atheist. I just defy them to say that and to prove it actually. <clears throat> so. We're aware of a higher power. We have the ability to know right from wrong. We remember the past. We anticipate the future. We, we can love. We can hate. We're made in God's image. He can do all those things. We have the right to choose. We have been given a free will. All right, that's what God gave his children. We could make choices. Uh, we're made in his image. He said in verse 16, you can eat from any tree in the garden you want, except for that tree in the middle. Stay away away from it. So he made a test case. See, he wanted to test us. Free will. Here you go. Eat it all. Eat it all of it you want, except that one tree, and you stay away from that. Okay? Don't eat that one. It's a test. He wanted to test us. And of course, you know what happens. We didn't. We failed. We ate. We fell. We inherited a curse instead of the original creation. And today, now it's good. Now we're back to you. We're back to you. You got a free choice. What are you going to do? Are you going to follow God? Are you going to let, let him in your life, or are you going to not follow God? Do it your own way. You get to choose. But remember, when you choose, you make an eternal choice. Please hear me. You make an eternal choice. If you leave this world having chosen self and not Christ, you enter eternity with the same choice. You'll always be there forever, having rejected Christ. Well, now let's get. I've got two minutes left. I'm going to talk about uh, this reproduction thing in the family, just just as we close. <clears throat> Down in verse 21, we learned that Adam uh, didn't have a helper; he didn't have one. So God said, "I'm going to make you a helper," and He created a woman. You know what a woman is? You know what the word woman means? W O M A N. It's womb man womb man. So he made a man, and he made a womb man. Two men, one with a womb, one without. All right. so that the the two together could create more humans, more Adam's children. And so God said, I'm going to let you cooperate with me on that, and uh, and uh, here, here that's going to work. Adam got excited about that, and he sung this little song in verse 23. If when you read verse 23, you need to do it with a little dance and, and jumping up and down and saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. The bone of bones, flesh of flesh, you shall be called It was That's how that interpreters tell us it should be uh, should be read. And this is why a man leaves his father and his mother and united his wife, and they become one. Folks, listen to me. <clears throat> Whenever you grow to a certain point in life, when you reach an age, you need to leave and you need to cleave. Okay? There's leaving and there's cleaving. You can't stay and cleave. you got to leave and cleave. What does that mean? You've got to leave you, the, the uh, domination of your parents and become and develop your own home and your own situation, okay? You don't have, no, you don't have to marry. There's no rules that so you have to marry. But you, if, you're going to dom- if you're going to reproduce, you need to marry, and you need to have your own home and your own family. But to do that, you need to leave your parents. Now, I'm 74 years old, and I live with my mother for the last six months. What does that say about me? <laughs> so you don't know, but I was building a new home, and I needed to leave with my parents, leave with my mom for a while. And it was wonderful, by the way. It's like going on a cruise every day. And But you've got to leave. Now, you can still live with your parents. That's not what we're talking about here. You can live there, but you have to have an emotional, intellectual, character-wise separation from them. You have to separate. Leave and cleave. That's how that works. <clears throat> two become one, and they create new life for them. Okay, we're out of time. You and I were made in the image of God. And all that means, and again, I don't pretend to know what all that means. Uh, I'm, that's way above my pay grade, okay? I, don't, I just know what the Bible says, a few things I can anticipate and extrapolate. But I know I'm made in God's image, as are you. I know that I'm part of God's family on the earth. And one day, I'll be part of God's family in heaven. Come on now. And then, we're coming back to the earth. Isn't that cool? We're coming back to this earth. You say, really? Read your Bible. Yeah, we're coming back. And what will I be like in eternity forever? A human being. But I'll be just like Jesus was after the resurrection. I'll have my Adam body back. See, my Adam body got messed up when Adam messed up, okay? But when, when Jesus comes back, my older brother, he's going to restore the genetic, moral character, you know, figure out all the categories, but he's going to restore me to the original Adam person, as I should have been. And, and, that's, going to be, and that's how I'm going to live on the earth as a human being for eternity. You thought you were going to get to go to heaven, sit on a cloud, and play a harp, sleep all the time. No, we're going to be active, happy, fulfilled, peaceful, joyful, but we will be like Jesus. So we're going to be in the family of God on earth and family of God in heaven. <clears throat> you have a free will. You can choose any way to live that you want to live. You can choose it now. Just be very careful about that choice. I say choose Jesus. Choose to cooperate with Him and be eternal family with Him by choice. If God, He made us free will because He didn't want a robot. He wanted a free will being that loves Him by choice. That says, Jesus, I want you. Let me pray with you. <clears throat> Precious Jesus, your word that you gave Moses to write us is, just blows our mind. Father, if we had a thousand years to live on this earth and to study nothing but one book or one chapter of one book, it would be Genesis chapter 1. Because, Lord, that there is more embedded in that, buried so deep in that, that a lifetime of study could not bring it all out. Father, we love you. What we know about you, we love. What we understand about you, we wish we had more knowledge of you, and that's our quest Every day of our life to know you better. So, Father, reveal yourself to us. Help us to know who we are in you. Help us to realize that we are sons of Adam, lost, hopelessly lost, but born again and redeemed by our older brother Jesus, who died on a cross and rose again. Thank you, Father. I pray that the gospel story goes out loud and clear today all around the world and that your family increases. In Jesus' name, amen.